I went back to the leadership team of the plant and I said, you have a real problem. And they said, what? I said, there is no mission. There's no vision. There's no values here. Um, people don't have a reason to work here. And I, I shared with them some of the answers that I heard. And, um, and they said, well, that doesn't surprise me. I said, why does that not surprise you? They said, because we feel the same way too. And I said, well, we got a bigger problem here because if you don't have a reason to work here and you don't think this place stands for something, then there's no way those people will. Cultures can create more belonging and cultures can create less belonging. So, you know, you look at cultures and it depends on how healthy it is. You know, I think uh, if your culture is built around the concept that we want everyone to feel safe, respected and valued, then you create a sense of belonging. So the big question coaches ask is this, how are coaches like us get trained how to coach? They're left alone struggling struggling on how to get confident in our practice, how to monetize this valuable skill and get customers who pay, how to build a solid coaching business, and what to do next, what to do next to grow and to be on the top of the industry. And in this podcast, we are determined to deliver the answers to you, bringing top coaches, leaders in their space, and other professionals serving the coaching industry, having extraordinary conversations, and share the hidden secrets to apply them to your business. I believe a coaching business is set to thrive. My name is Gary Mamre, and I want to thank you so much for spending part of your day with me, listening to the Coaching Startup Secrets podcast. Brad, yes. welcome again, still on our Facebook group. But for those who are going to be listening uh, to the podcast, they're going to have, we're going to be um, like planning to publish this uh, interview on two parts. The first part that we started with, and now the second part. And this part, Brad, I want to hear from you again. You are coaching, you are training, you are uh, doing uh, public speaking, and you're dealing with different sizes of organizations. And you know that many of the people who are listening to us in the podcast and, and here in the, in the Facebook group, they are coaches or people who are interested to build a coaching career. My question is very simple. How to use the coaching techniques, the, this curious question, this concept of helping others unleash their potential and helps them see things that in the, in the normal days and the busy days, they can see it. How we can use this to implement a culture or to help an organization build a culture within their business? I think the first thing you need to do is you need to look at yourself very carefully. You need to actually be very self-aware and, and ask yourself, how curious am I? How interested am I, in others am I? Uh, you know, I think there are, I want you to think about it this way. You know, if you had a friend of yours that you have, you're really good friends, and then one day they kind of up and left, and you hadn't seen them in in a long time, right? Maybe it's a decade, and all of a sudden you see them. You know, you're you're not going to think, "What question am I going to ask them?" You're going to say, "Where have you been? What's been going on?" Right? Because you're because you're really interested. And if they said to you, "Oh, you know, I just thought I'd want to see the world, and so I just took off and started seeing the world," where did Next question was natural. Where did you go? Right. Where did you go? Right. Because you're curious. 
Yeah. And, and well, I went the first place I went to was Europe. And then I went to Asia and I went to the Middle East. Which one did you like the most? And what'd you learn? Right. And, and yeah. this conversation keeps going and it's because you're interested in them. Right. All too often, coaches are interested in making a breakthrough. All too often, coaches are interested in a process. You get taught. I mean, we have our own coaching methodology. We call it STIR. Um, how do you stir imagination? How do you stir new ideas? How do you stir growth and development? And we have a model around it. But I always tell people, don't get caught up in the model. Get caught up in the curiosity. Don't make it about you. Make it about them. And, and if you do that, the rest comes much more naturally, right? And, and I think that's the first step is how interested in others are you? Because if you're not, if you don't have that natural instinct, then you got to work on that, not what questions to ask. You got to work on that first right. because the questions won't come unless you have that mindset. Right, right. That's amazing. Now, does it need to have common background or uh, like, like in coaching, I usually like whenever I'm teaching coaching, because we also we're teaching coaching and whenever we are teaching new coaches, we are telling them, the more you are far from the industry you are coaching in, the more you're going to be successful. It doesn't need for you to, to do excellent because if you know if you have an idea okay if i'm having a background of construction if i'm coaching like uh, project management construction it's going to be always challenging for me to stop myself to give them advice so uh, my question here we're talking about culture and like is there any does it differ like is there any like required background between the coach and um, the company that uh, he's planning to work with them to uh, to implement culture or you know that there's leadership coaches yeah. there's uh, life coaches uh, adhd coaches performance coaches and so on and so forth there's there's different Absolutely. coaches and the way i see things that independently of the type of coaching at the end the process and the concept is the same we are helping people unleash certain potential, discover ideas, reach their goals by just like be part of helping them starting certain thinking processes. Absolutely. So my question is, do you think there's a, a certain background needed for the coach himself to be able to help organizations build culture? I think it, I think there are some things that are needed. So I think And when you're coaching, you typically are thinking about it from an individual perspective. How do I work with and help this person? Sometimes you might even have a team or a group kind of coaching perspective. When you're working with a larger organization, you have to scale that up, right? You, you can't build culture as a person yourself, and you can't connect with enough people quickly enough to build culture. And so, you know, one of the reasons I wrote the book is... Um, We had worked with banks, hotels, and different manufacturing firms, and we had worked with them on helping them build their culture um, one day at a time, essentially, right? And what we did was we would take their values, their principles, their, their pillars of their business, and we would build coaching discussions around those values and pillars, right? We actually have over 500 of those, okay? And, um, and we would customize it around that company and we would set up a schedule where their managers would then be taught how to use those um, discussions with their people, right? And they would actually become 
coaches themselves. Now, when I say that, it's a very focused coaching. It's not coaching as in um, how do I really grow and develop everybody? It's coaching around a particular issue or a way of dealing with things. In essence, we were teaching people how to have stand-ups or huddles, right? And, um, and how to have really good productive stand-ups and huddles, okay? And so if you know anything about sports, right? Before a play, you huddle and you have a discussion. <laughs> everybody gets on the same page. It's right. a rah-rah and a call to action and everybody's prepared when they get back out on the field, right? And so, right. Um, and so you're doing the same thing with shifts or with um, uh, each day or each week or each month. And so uh, I, I think, uh, you know, what, we're, what you have to do is you have to be able to scale things in that way. And in fact, that's where the book was born. It, it is 101 of those 500 plus discussions and activities, all five, 10, 15 minutes at a time that drive that sense of connection, sharing, um, shared understanding and culture. Because individually, if a, if a company has 20 plants, I can't be at all 20 plants and have me keep traveling around all 20 plants over and over again um, till they get it right is very expensive. So how do I do it? I created a scalable approach. And I think if you want to work with organizations, you have to learn to scale yourself. And I think that's a challenge that a lot of coaches have. Right, right. So uh, you are developing the leaders to develop the organization. So is that so you are equipping the the people who are gonna be duplicating your ideas and so on and so forth. So that um, this is this is the way. Yes, yes. And I have a question around this, uh, if you allow me, Brad. Sure. You mentioned that, and I 100% agree with you. There's a starting point uh, usually that's happening because if, if we're gonna land it with an organization of like 50 years or 60 years, maybe the organization is good. She's, they're doing good. They wanna do great and automatically there's something misses. So, so we are, we're, gonna, we're gonna work with them on the culture. <laughs> There's a starting yep. point, which is the existing ideas, the existing whys, the existing methods that they are using. But unfortunately, they are not bringing like uh, uh, positive things. What if we are landing in an organization, but there's nothing, okay, a new organization, maybe they're just starting a year or, or so. Yes, they're interested in, in developing such some culture, but no one took the lead and put something like to start with. How's it gonna be the approach in this situation? You know, it's interesting. You, you, you're bringing up an interesting concept and I actually worked with a manufacturing firm that had that challenge. And, and the reason they had the challenge is because they had grown through acquisition. And so they really didn't have a culture culture. They had lots of cultures, right? Um, and most of them weren't, really defined. They were just sort of happening by accident. And, and how they began to recognize that was they had one organization, one plant that was having real problems. They had quality issues, absentee issues, <coughs> safety issues, the list went on. And so they said, can you help us build an organization? They didn't say culture. Can you help us fix these problems? And I said, well, the first thing I want to do is I want to understand more about what's going on. I said, can I sit down and talk with people on the, on the floor? Can I just walk the floor and have conversations with them? And I want to do it by myself because I don't want 
people follow me around because I want people to feel comfortable speaking to me. Now, the first thing they thought was, yeah, but no one's going to speak to you. Boy, were they wrong. Man, I, I heard some amazing things. I, I heard lots of interesting things. They were very, very open with me. But the second thing I heard, um, the second thing I uh, was that I asked very specific questions. You know, I asked questions like, what is the mission of this place? You know, why are you here? And, uh, and I got things like, work my ass off. I mean, these are quotes. Make lots of stuff. Get them money, right? Those were the answers I got. It's not a really good mission. Not a good mission. You know, then I asked, and it's not, not, not a good set of values either, right? And then I asked, why do you work here? Not why do you work? Why do you work here? And I got the same answer, a paycheck, which is not an answer for why I work here. It's an answer for why I work here right now until a better <laughs> paycheck along. Because you've given me no real competitive reason for staying here. There's nothing holding me here, right? So um, I, also, I also learned some other interesting things that I'll point out in a second, but I went back to the leadership team of the plant and I said, you have a real problem. And they said, what? I said, there is no mission. There's no vision. There's no values here. Um, people don't have a reason to work here. And I, I shared with them some of the answers that I heard. And, um, and they said, well, that doesn't surprise me. I said, why does that not surprise you? They said, because we feel the same way too. And I said, well, we got a bigger problem here because if you don't have a reason to work here and you don't think this place stands for something, then there's no way those people will. And so I started saying, so I started and said, can we have a conversation? Can I ask you questions and have you discuss some things? And they said, yes. So we spent about two and a half, three hours talking. And all I did was ask questions. So I said things like, what happens with uh, to customers if you don't make your parts right? They're, they're making electrical parts. I said, what, what's the impact of, of bad quality? And they said, well, sometimes it's just it doesn't work, but there are certain things we make that if we don't make it right, that could seriously injure somebody, put them in the hospital, or kill them. Right? So, so what you're telling me is that what you're telling me is that what you do can either create a better life situation for people or it can hurt people. And they said, yes, life. right, right. It can end their life. Interestingly enough, at that moment in that conversation, one of the things that came up was your people don't even know what they're making and, 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 the, and the impact of what they're making. They don't know what you just said, right? And they never, they never trained them on the background of the products, how they were used, and, and why it was important to get it right. Because somebody could die if you don't. And so without even going further, they instituted that training. That alone was a big help. But the conversation went further and, and it was really interesting. I said, I said, help me understand, where do you make these, you make these products here, but, um, but where do they go? Yeah. And they said, well, they go into all kinds of buildings and structures. I said, do they ever go into anything that's iconic? Like the Empire State Building or the San Francisco, you know, Golden Gate Bridge. And, yeah. and they said, 
absolutely. Yeah. They, and they started naming all the places. I said, could you get a list of those places? And they said, yes. And they got a list of those places. And I said, when you look at that list, how does it make you feel? And they said, it's really amazing. The impact we have on, yeah. on the iconic, you know, spaces all, all across the world. And I said, it's pretty amazing. You touch some really cool stuff. And, um, and then I said, well, so how many other people make stuff like this in the United States? And they said, I can't think, I think everybody's pretty much outsourced it. I said, so what you're telling me is you're one of the only people making these things in the United States. And they said, yes. I said, okay, now I want you to put all of this together that we've talked about. And I want you to tell me what that means to you. And someone came up with the idea of saying, and that was great. It was amazing. They said, we help build and sustain iconic places and spaces in the United States using high quality manufacturing in the United, in the United States, right? And, and all of a sudden they start looking around and going, this is something to be proud of. And that sparked them. You know what they did? They painted the whole plant. They put up an American flag because it was American manufacturing. They, I, all of a sudden, everything started to shift. Not because someone gave them an answer, not because, because they struggled with something. And when they came up with the answer themselves, there was so much excitement and pride. They wanted everything to match. They wanted everything to match. That, and then guess what? Absenteeism went down. Quality went way up. Morale went way up. Turnover stopped because they had a story to tell, because they had a culture they were building, and because they did the hard work to build that culture instead of trying to pick something up somewhere else and drop it in. That's amazing. That's, that's the power of it. That's amazing. That's amazing. Uh, it's, 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 it's really a great, great story and, 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 and great, great way to, to highlight the importance of the culture. Uh, Brad, how do you link culture with belonging? Wow. Well, I think it depends on the culture. I think cultures can create more belonging and cultures can create less belonging. So, you know, you look at cultures and it depends on how healthy it is. You know, I think uh, if your culture is built around the concept that we want everyone to feel safe, respected, and valued, then you create a sense of belonging, right? If a culture is based on we value only certain types of people or certain types of things, then it creates less belonging, right? So I'll give you a great example. I went to a I went to a company and I was and I worked with them, and one of the things that I noticed was they valued people who had an extroverted preference, right? People that were bold, talked, or, you know, you know, very personable, and they didn't value people that didn't speak up. And so when it came time to think for things like promotions, the people that would say, I want that job, the people that would be in the meetings talking a lot, got those promotions. And the introverted people didn't. Now, the people who were introverted didn't feel like they belonged. And they were losing good people because of it. 
And ironically, some of those people were better suited for those roles than the extroverted preference people they chose because it was a one dimensional selection process. And one of the things that they had to begin to, to realize and to start to change was that we wanted to value everything someone brought to the table, not just one characteristic. And that meant that they started paying attention to other things besides the way someone communicated. And that began to change the way they promoted and, 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 and uh, hired and trained. And all of a sudden you had a shift where they were accepting of multiple types of people. That was a culture that promoted belonging. But you had, a, you had the same company, two different cultures, one that excluded and one that included. And so I think you have to examine your culture very carefully and say, what have we created? Or what are we creating? And, and what should we be creating? I think that's really important because culture can do both things. It can exclude, it can beat up, it can destroy, or it can build up, include, and make you more profitable. But you have a choice in that, and that choice is how you approach it and whether your eyes are wide open. Amazing. So, and I put it this way, a healthy culture is, is important, but it, it, it's inclusive. In, being inclusive is one of the important criteria for a healthy culture, right? Absolutely. Brad, uh, I'm sorry to take you to, uh, to be in tears from the, uh, the story of the electric company preparing the uh, electric gadgets. But I guess the way, the way I see it, and after all the uh, great insights, to be honest, and the, the lessons that I was personally learning from you today, is it giving me an idea about yeah. how Brad is immersed in performance point culture and this is something that i really know and, and i was i was feeling while while you've been explaining an experience that helped and you've seen like the product of adding value and you still feel it right now and i guess even if we're gonna keep talking about it maybe we have to end <laughs> the, the interview to give you some some private space this is a way to evaluate or to understand how people, they are immersed in the culture of their organization. Because at the end, being proud of adding value of whatever we are doing, whether cleaning cars or like building rockets, it's independently. But at the end, you highlighted from the beginning, it's about our why, it's about the value that we are sharing. It's about if we don't know at the end what people is going to get benefit out of it, uh, it's, it, it, won't, it won't make difference for, for those who are producing it. And I want first to thank you for, for, for everything. And I want, I, want, I want a final word from your, from your end. Am I right to say that this is a way being really involved from wholly involved within what we are doing, in your case, in performance points, maybe for us in Coaching Seekers, to assess the involvement of the, of the team and the individual within the culture? Oh yeah, there's no other way forward. If you have a culture that's not working, it doesn't matter um, 
how hard you work uh, at getting people to jump on board. <coughs> Excuse me. They're not going to. They're going to protect themselves. They're going to take care of themselves. I've worked in cultures where it's political to get ahead. And you have great people that behave badly because people succumb to culture. Now, are there exceptions to that? Absolutely, there are exceptions to that. But most people, most people are molded by the environment they're in. And so if you want to create real change in a company, uh, you have to have the culture. That is the way forward. Everything else is built off of that. And we know that you're right here. And I'm immersed in it, not only with clients, but we immerse ourselves in it here. You know, I shared with you, our mission statement is inspiring others to discover and live their possible. And so, for instance, the other day, we sat out in our company and we, uh, I basically asked everybody in our organization, what is your possible? I asked them to think about that. And the next week we came back and everybody shared what their possible is what they wanted to be, where they wanted to go. And then I asked, how can we help you get there? Right now, I did that because culture is not just important for me in terms of my clients. Culture is important to me in terms of my company. And if you want to do something for somebody else, you have to do it internally. So the biggest message I'd give all the coaches out there is whether you're a one, two-person shop, whether you're a one-person shop with contractors that you're using to help you. If you're not doing it for yourself and those contractors or those two or three other people you work with, then you can't do it well for your clients. It starts with you. It has to be inside of you. And so before you look outward, look inward, inside out. That's how it works. And it is the way forward. Yes. Amazing. Amazing. Brad, Thank you so much for uh, for all the uh, nice chat that we have today and the, the shared uh, wisdom. Uh, it, it has been really amazing uh, having this uh, podcast with you. For those who are listening to us today, uh, you're going to find all the links uh, related to, to get the, the, the new book of uh, Brad, uh, to follow Brad on the on the different uh, platforms. Uh, we're going to uh, check with Brad if he's having also any freebie later on. We're going to put the, the link whether to, to where to find him, where to join him, where to read more about uh, all his uh, great works. And um, thank you so much, Brad. Any final word before we uh, say goodbye to, to those who are listening and watching? Just thank you for having me. I enjoyed it. It was a pleasure. And please, if people out there want to um, connect with me, they want to uh, they want to follow me. I enjoy conversations. I I enjoy the dialogue. And with social media, we have a much easier time connecting with people. So I would enjoy it. I would love it. And I welcome it. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much, Brad. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode as much as I did. If you got any value from it, please leave the show a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts as that makes a big difference. And if you're not there yet, join the Goal Getters Nation Facebook group today, where the podcasts behind the scenes are shared, more lives with our guests, and lots of like-minded people with lots of valuable shared content. Be part of the nation and let's get the word out to help coaches get better, get clients, and get their goals achieved. 
The link to join the Goal Getters Nation group is in the below episode notes. We're glad to have you on board. And I want to thank you so much for listening to the entire episode of Coaching Startup Secrets Podcast. I will see you on the next one.